great family from a great church, the Gate Church International in Dundee. He's a unique man. He comes with a different flavor. And he's just been a massive, massive friend. Both of them to us here in the vine. A great support, great strength. I could think of no one better to have today than to bring the word of God. Give it up, please, for Mr. Gordon Stewart. Wow, what a privilege to be here on this morning. And I want to tell you here right now that God has restored my faith in transitioning churches. When me and my wife took over a church 15 years ago, my father-in-law, who was sadly very unwell at the time, uh, he stood up in a meeting and uh, for about three minutes, he said, uh, he's the man to take it on. You all right, son? Slap around the log. Bless him, Lord. Okay, get on with it. And that, that was, I'm, I'm not joking, that was our transition, wasn't it? We were like, oh my goodness. So this morning, what a breath of fresh air to see a master class in transition where the elders of the house sit here, stand here, pray with the apostles and with the new pastors, give them their blessing. The congregation stand up, shabba-dabba-rabba-dabba, and pray over them and bless them. Isn't that awesome? So you've been part of something special here this morning. I want to tell you, I've seen some things in my time as a pastor and as a Christian. That is the best transition I've ever, ever seen. So congratulations, Vine Church, come on. So this morning, I want to share the Word of God with you here. And uh, the title of my sermon this morning is Apostolic Adventures. Are you ready? Come on, the Word of God is powerful. The Word of God self-describes. In some places, it's described as a seed. In some places, it's described as a hammer that shatters the rock. In another place, it's described as a sword that cuts between soul and spirit. In another place, it's described as water that washes and cleanses. So my prayer this morning is the Word goes out like a seed. It shatters some mindsets. It cleanses some people, and it cuts between soul and spirit because the Word helps us define. It brings definitions. It brings a narrative to something that we don't quite understand or, or we don't quite get. And when we read the Word, something takes place that brings a shift in how we think and how we talk. So my prayer this morning, this Word will change minds change hearts, but also will change the narrative on how you speak in your life, because how we speak is key. So here we go. I'm going to read to you from Acts chapter 3, verse 1 through 10, and it says here, I think it's going to pop up on the screen. If it doesn't, I'll read it. It says, one day, Peter and John were going up to, to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put out every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John, somebody say Peter and John. Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at, at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have but, somebody say but. but, but what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk, taking up, him up by the right hand, he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he 
went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same geezer who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had just happened. So the two key men in this story or this account in the book of, um, the book of Acts is Peter and John. Now, every text needs a context. So we need to get the people, we need to get the atmosphere, we need to get the place, and we need to understand really what's going on. But I want to take you on a journey here this morning quickly with the two men involved in this narrative. Because the first one is called Peter. Now, Peter was called Peter in the book of Acts, but when Jesus met him, he was called Simon, which means reed, wibbly-wobbly. Wee balls wobbles, but they don't fall down. He was wobbly, he was unstable. He was called, now MD here called Simon this morning. It's a great name, come on. But his name, in that context, Jesus said, I'm going to call you Peter, or I'm going to call you Rocky. You're going to be a fighter. You're going to be stable. You're going to be a pillar in the house of the Lord. But he was called Simon. Then he was called Simon Peter. Then he was called Peter. And when Jesus called him, there was a time where Peter went out fishing. And when he went fishing, it says that he cast out his net. And when the net came in, the net was torn. But here's the thing. After the resurrection of Jesus Christ, something took place where on the beach where Jesus restored the apostle Peter. Here's what happened. On the beach, Jesus was cooking breakfast. He was cooking stovies. No, I'm only kidding. He was cooking uh, fish on, on the barbecue, on the fire. And what took place was something significant because he asked Peter to go out. And where Peter was, sorry, Peter was already out in the water. And he asked him to throw out the net on the other side of the boat. They'd been up, up fishing all night. But he cast out the net on the other side of the boat. And when the, when the net came in this time, the net wasn't torn. It was full, but it was untorn. You see, there's something that takes place. There's some transformation. There's some transition that takes place in Jesus Christ. When he first calls us, there's things in life that would tear us, that would break us. But you see, post-resurrection, Jesus restores this man. Jesus restores Simon. Jesus restores Simon Peter. Jesus restores Peter. And his calling is unleashed. And everything is a sign in life. Now, this tearing of the net was significant because Peter was breakable and terrible. But by the end, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the restoration of Jesus, Peter becomes unterrible. The something has shifted. There's something that's changed in the mind and in the heart of Peter. That's the glory of the cross because Peter, days before, had denied Jesus. He denied him, and he said, I don't know him. When the, the cockerel crowed three times, and he, he denied Jesus, and he was broken, and he was in a mess, and he was upset, and he was, you know, he was a fiery guy. He was, you know, he just wanted to do things. He, he was full of himself at times rather than full of the Holy Spirit, but he was full of himself. Uh, but he was a man who had a desire and a hunger to please God. And in the end, when Jesus restores him, he calls him Peter, he calls him Rocky, he calls him Pillar, the one who will be strong, the one in whom he'll build his church, he'll build something strong with and through this man of God. So Peter was somebody who was restored. So this is a man who, in the book of Acts, weeks or months earlier, he was denying Jesus, then suddenly this opportunity comes and Peter is doing something a bit different. Now, we look at the character of John as well, the second person in this silver and gold I do not have, but in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ be healed. And John is with them. And John is a phenomenal man of God. 
It sounds like a movie in Mark chapter 3. Jesus nicknamed them the Sons of Thunder. It does sound like a Hollywood movie, doesn't it? The Sons of Thunder, coming out soon. <laughs> and uh, why were they called the Sons of Thunder? It says in Luke 9, 51, at that time approached for him to be taken up to heaven. Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem, and he sent messengers on ahead who went into a Samaritan village to get things ready for him. But the people there did not welcome him because he was heading for Jerusalem. When the disciple James and John saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven to destroy them? But Jesus turned and rebuked them. Then he and his disciples went to another village. Now, here's the thing. This is John's background. Jesus nicknamed him and bro James sons of thunder because they wanted to call down judgment. They wanted, like Sodom and Gomorrah, they wanted the fire to fall. They wanted people to get killed. They were like, let's wipe out these ISIS people. Let's just do this. Let's do that. They, they had this thing where they just wanted to get these people that didn't receive Jesus and welcome them. Let's just eradicate them. You ever heard a Christian saying that? When I first got saved, I remember going to a prayer meeting. And pe people were in this strange culture. They were saying, Lord, we just pray that you judge that person. Oh, my goodness. Talk about the sons of thunder. They didn't get grace, but they got the sons of thunder anointing. I tell you, it was horrible sitting under it. But by God's grace, they've been changed, they've been restored, and they've been freed. Hallelujah. So, so the sons of thunder mentality, this is where they came from. But in a short time, through the death, death, resurrection of Jesus and the coming of the Holy Spirit, something has changed powerfully within them. So something has dramatically changed. But here's the key. In this verse, Jesus, sorry, uh, Peter and John say, silver and gold I do not have, but in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ be healed. Now, here's a problem that we face in this nation. And you might feel like this is a rebuke. It is. So one of the things we do, one of the, one of the problems we've got in Scotland, and, and I've seen it, I've seen it many, many times, is that we say, silver and gold I do not have, and we stop there. We totally stop before the but. But Peter and John said, but in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ be healed. So they recognized that all the resources, everything they needed in that moment was in Jesus. And sometimes we have a mindset, a heart set, or a confession set, where rather than declaring the word of God, and thinking like they think, or how he thinks, we say in a situation, I, I, I don't have any money, I, I, I don't have this, or I don't have that. But the key is to have a mindset of a king. The key is to have a mindset of the Lord Jesus Christ. The key is to have an apostolic mindset that Peter and John demonstrated in this situation. I know of another pastor in this nation. He's not Scottish, but he, he, he's leading a church, a successful church, in Scotland, and for approximately half of the year, he goes out of Scotland to other places, particularly the United States. And I said, why do you go there? He said, I suffer when I come back here. I said, what do you mean you suffer? He said, sometimes people are just so negative. I need to go out to get built up, to expand how I think, and come back and minister in this country, in this context. Do you know what? I was offended when he said that. But within three seconds, I processed it, and I thought, do you know what? You're right, buddy. I get where you're coming from. Because one of the things we need to be aware of, sometimes, you know, when you're in the casserole, 
you know, if you're, a, if you're a piece of chicken in the midst of a casserole, you don't know you're in a casserole, you just feel like a piece of chicken. But you're actually getting stewed in a casserole of, sometimes you're getting stewed in a, a casserole of negativity. When you live in a nation all your life, like I've done in Scotland, sometimes I'm unaware of being casseroled and, and, and it's stewed in a casserole of negativity. And it's important to recognize the atmosphere of our nation so we can say, God, how do you think? What do you want me to say? What do you want me to do? You know, one of the things that, um, that happened with us when we did our 40th anniversary as a church last year, we invited politicians to come to our church and MPs and the Lord Provost and all these guys. And we got a shock when, the, when a number of them said yes. And uh, one of them said to us, uh, I've been wanting to come to your church for years. We said, well, why didn't you come? And you know what he said? Because you never invited me. And it was like a rebuke in that moment, in that space, in that time, because our mindset was they won't be interested. But by the grace of God, God teaches you through other people saying other things at other times, at specific times, at specific places, so he can shift and change your mindset for the glory of God. Here's a good thing. The word but, here's the key, is but. You need to watch your but. But here's the, this is not that kind of but, it's a different kind of but. And it's got two B's in it. So to transition from that place of what I don't have to the place of here's what I do have in the name of Jesus, things are going to change. Here's the but. The first B is broken. The apostle Peter was broken. He got completely smashed and broken between Jesus' death, resurrection, and the ascension up to heaven and the coming of the Holy Spirit. Peter was completely, utterly smashed and broken. So that brokenness came in. The second thing is begetting. What does that mean? That means we need to give birth to something. Now, I'm a man, so I've never given birth, but I've given birth in the Spirit. Hallelujah. All the men said amen. So, come on, come on. So, uh, it's, it's begetting. It's understanding that something needs to be uh, birthed. Something needs to come forth. Now, with birthing, there's usually a tension, the stress, the strain. And the apostle Peter went through a birthing from being Simon to Peter within 50 days, but it was possible with God. And that's the key thing with the apostle Peter. He went from someone who was broken, he beget, he began to birth things. And here's why, because Peter birthed the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, or sorry, Peter said, uh, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said, you didn't get this by human nature, but by revelation. And through revelation and understanding who Jesus was, Peter stood up at Pentecost, and through Pentecost, the church was birthed. So there's something about getting it. Where we, get, where we were broken, we then can beget. And Peter began to beget. He began to birth the church. And that's what happened through this great man of God. <coughs> the third thing is unction. We need to be unctional. In religious rites, it's like an anointing oil that we rub on sick people, or it's an anointing for service. So we need that unction from the Holy Spirit. And I believe with all my heart that we need to be people who are full of the unction of the Holy Spirit. That unction where we can function within a second. Silver and gold I don't have, but in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, now be healed. So that unction, we need to have that inner unction of the Holy Spirit. And Peter had that. And you have it here this morning, Vine Church. 
So that's brokenness, begetting, unctional, and T stands for transformation. So transformation is a marked change, is, uh, is an appearance or it's a change of character. So Peter was a man who was transformed quickly by the Holy Spirit. And as we see transfer, transformation within ourselves, we can also see transformation within others as well for the glory of God. And that's absolutely key, that we can believe, that we can see these things, and these things will take place in Jesus' name. I, I preached this year on being adventure, being adventurous for God. And sometimes your preaching can land you in, I mean, deep problems, really big problems. I, I was... Um, I was, started preaching at the beginning of the year, and I got invited to go to Haiti with Apostle Jimmy Dowds. He said, you want to come to Haiti? I said, I'm in. Lord, help me. Why did I say that? So we went to Haiti, and we had a phenomenal time. And by God's grace, we saw, some, uh, we saw amazing things, amazing testimonies, just, just incredible things. But by unction, we took the opportunity, or I took the opportunity to stand alongside a great apostle of God who said, you want to come to the earth? I said, yes, I do. And that adventurous, that apostolic adventure spirit is upon this house. It's upon Apostle Jimmy and Elma Dowds, but it's also uh, upon Aaron and Lindsay, and it's also upon this church. It's upon this house. There's someone breaking out. There's something being birthed, not just in them, but it's in this church as well. And as Aaron and Lindsay lead this church, they're not just local pastors. There's something apostolic on them already for the nation. And God's going to use them powerfully to touch and change people's lives in the whole nation. So let's, let's believe for that. The second thing that happened with me with adventure was the first adventure sermon I preached in the church. A guy in our church called Ross who heads up a lot of the men's stuff. He's connected with Aaron. He said, oh, you want to preach on adventure? Do you want to come on adventure? I said, sure. He said, do you want to do the extreme character challenge? I said, sure. What's that about? And it was like, by the time I got on, I was like, oh, God, why did I sign up for this? You know, halfway through. But it was a phenomenal thing. And it's important to be an adventure in the Lord. One of the other things that comes as we adventure with him, one, one key thing, when we were out in Haiti, a group of us, 11 of us, went out together. And we've written a book together we're hoping to sell as an e-book to raise half a million dollars uh, for the, the projects out there. So that's something that's birthed through unction and through the apostolic uh, connection. And one of the things on this house that is quite incredible was that I've been reading recently and through doing research on writing, pulling some of this book together, I realized that um, your eldest son, Justin, helped raise $2 million for the Laganav Hospital. I know many of you have been out there. And it's an incredible work. It's incredible. And it's a total faith apostolic ministry journey. And recently, it was journey of a yes that Aaron was part of where he raised, a, with a group of others as well, a couple of million dollars to begin and, and build and establish an orphanage in Haiti. I want to tell you here this morning, that is phenomenal. That is incredible. You know, I've only got faith for half a million dollars. These guys raised two million dollars. That's the anointing that's on this house. And I'd encourage you, just get some rubby dubbies, you know, just go up to them and say, "Woo, give me some of that anointing. That's, that's the apostolic and some of the pastoral anointing. Just say, give me, give me some of that, man. And that's what's on a house. And when that's on a house, when that's on a church, it rubs off on the people for the glory of God. So church, 
You're part of an apostolic house. You're part of an apostolic ministry. You're part of a local church. You're in a team, and you're going to do great exploits for God. God has positioned you here for a time, a reason, and a season. And as you're here, get ready to download everything that you can by faith. Just say, I receive that. I take that. I want that. I claim that. But I challenge you today. Your hearts have been softened by this word. Your minds have been changed. But I plead with you, let your narrative change as well. Don't get stuck before the but, okay? Don't get stuck. Silver and gold, we're all aware of what we don't have. You know, I was born in Dundee, so I was very aware of what we didn't have. But now I'm aware of what I do have in Him. I want to tell you, we're connected by the grace of God in this house uh, with um, me and Fiona connected with you guys here. And we believe it's a privilege to be here today. And right now, I think we're going to pray with Jimmy and Elma. Is that right? We'd be honored and privileged to pray with you guys. So if you would come up and join us, I'm going to invite my wife Fiona to come and stand with me as well. There's three things just before we go into the third R is release. There's two other R's. Number one is repent. And I want to invite people here today. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, when this meeting finishes today, I want you to turn to one another. I'm going to invite you to do it at the very end. But at the end, turn to one another and say, do you know Jesus? And if you don't, today is your day of miracle. Today is your day of salvation. And it's possible today that you could see the greatest miracle in your life by coming to know Jesus as the Christ and as your Savior. The second R is restore and realignment. And it's to the house. If some of you are here this morning and uh, you, you've been unsure through this journey of transition, you're thinking, should I be here, should I not be here? I want to tell you, the Spirit of God has got you here this morning for assignment and for alignment. And this morning, I want, I want to invite you, as with the new pastors, to go to them and say to them, say to Ian, say to Lindsay, we are for you. That's all you need to say. If you've been hesitant, if you've been nervous, just realign, because this is a place of realignment and assignment here this morning. Just go to them. If you've been unsure, just say, do you know what? We are for you. That's all you need to say, and they'll give you a big kiss and a big hug. Lindsay will give you a kiss. Ian will give you a nice hug. Uh, he's very strong, very strong hugger. So you're looking for a strong hug, you know. Uh, do that this morning. So that's the three R's. The Holy Spirit showed me that on the way through uh, this morning. And the third thing is to release the apostolic blessing as well. And we want to pray over Apostle Jimmy and um, Apostle Elma here this morning. And uh, I just believe by faith that the Holy Spirit is going to ignite something powerful and special in their lives. I, w I want to correct some thinking that might have been uh, formed towards you because this is not retirement. This is realignment. God's doing something where he's lifting you up. This isn't, this isn't about leaving. This is about expanding legacy. So this morning we're expanding. We're not contracting. And God's not taking you out. He's taking you up. Not to heaven, but he's taking you up another level in him. He's taking them up another level. And their influence is going to be powerful. And it's going to be phenomenal as well. Pastor, Apostle Jimmy, you have an anointing to speak and to declare some powerful things. You, you have a gift where it's like ideas. You have a gift of retention where you, you remember stories, people, connections. And you network and you, you connect people powerfully and prophetically for the glory of God. 
And one of the things I see is I see you doing that more, and I see you having a team, you both having a team of people that are your supporters around you, and they're going to be strong in the Lord, and they're going to be strong, and they're going to take care of you. That's what I see in faith. I declare that by faith this morning. And Alma, I believe one of the things that God wants you, God's saying, I need you. I need you to stand in the gap. I see you traveling to places. Sometimes you'll travel alone, Jimmy, but a lot of times you'll travel together. And I see you've been significant, Elma, and where I see people being tickled. That's what I see. And I see people laughing as well. And I believe that God's given you a gift where it's like if you were to take a Mercedes engine and it was malfunctioning and something was wrong, it was like, it was t- I, saw, I can just see it now. I see this engine getting taken apart and I see it getting put back together again. And it's done quickly, but it's done by discernment. It's done by wisdom where you see the issue. See, there's some people who, who are functioning as pastors or leaders or business leaders, and they look like they've got it all together. But the Holy Spirit's going to give you an unction where you're just going to say, do you know what? Someone's not quite right here. And you're going to help them to laugh. You're going to help them cry. They're going to be dismantled by the grace of God, but they're going to be put back together again by the grace of God. So it's a tremendous discernment you've got. Come on. Good. Good. So that's the key as you function and flow together in this apostolic ministry. That's what I sense in the Holy Spirit. Mrs. Stewart, have you got a few kind words? I've always got words to say. Do you know, it's such an honor and delight for us to be here. It really is. We gave up all that we were doing today, and I said, we need to make new plans because we need to go, because we know this is such a historic day for Scotland, not just for this church, but for Scotland, because we see the baton being passed from one anointing But the anointing when it gets to this lot actually doubles. That was incredible. I think you said that at the beginning. But can I just say to you two, you have made a major impact on on both of our lives. Joe and my father passed away and I became an absolute mess. Mr. Jimmy, you picked me up, a broken woman, and you spoke such words of encouragement to us. Now, you know what I was like. I was just a greeting mess. And you said, I believe in you, Fiona. He says, well, see what your father had you've got. And I was like, I don't, I don't have it, I don't have it. And he just picked us up and he gave so much to us. I went to London and this woman here, all she did on me was just love on me and believe in me. Do you know, it is incredible the anointing that you two have that you've passed on to us. And I just want to honor you for all that you have made impact into our lives. You just don't realize it but we love you guys, and we're, we're watching you. It's only 40 miles down the road, but we're watching you going, you guys are powerful. The anointing you have on you is powerful, not just for this nation, but worldwide. And then we look at your kids and we go, oh my goodness, you guys have got what these guys have got. It's incredible. When you see a family who are raising up others for God, support them, pray for them, because we need one another. These guys may be the head, but we also need the body. We need the body that works with us and supports us. And God spoke to me this morning, and this is what he said to me. Fiona, tell them this, always cultivate a cornerstone culture. Always cultivate a cornerstone culture. Now, we know who our, how our cornerstone is. It is Jesus. And then God said to me, 10-4, Fiona, 10-4. Now, do you know, God's a creative God. And sometimes he speaks to us in a way that they think, I'm really not grasping this. But God said to me, 10-4. Now, we all know, for those of you who are in the actual forces, 10-4 means I receive. I'm receiving. I'm receiving you. And then I went to Zechariah 10-4. And it says, from them will come the cornerstone. From this family, from this church family, 
becomes the cornerstone for Dunfermline, for Scotland, for the nations, and the peg on which all hope hangs. You guys are the peg of which all hope hangs for this city that you're in. And all God's people said, and I'm no done. I know you were the preacher boy, but listen. You're also the bow that wins the battle. Do you know we're all in a battle, people, but we know that we hold on to Jesus, who is the one who's already won the battle. Now, come on, if you, my phone, come on, if you, my phone. The bow that wins the battle and wins the battle, the ruler over all the earth. It is our absolute honor to be able to pray over you guys because we know that when you go out here, when you're like that arrow that shoots out, you bring an anointing like no other couple I know can bring an anointing into a place. When you came into our church on our 40th, you prayed a blessing over us and we saw a multiplication on our church. We really did. And we just want to pray that over you, a multiplication in your next season of ministry. You're not, what, how did you put it? You said it's not the... Uh, what, what, what section was that? Was that the first point or the second point? I Forget it. Right. Let's pray. Let's pray. Can we all stand? Can we all stand? And I want you to raise your hands towards them because this is an anointed, incredible house of God. And when, we, when I walked in that door, I just could feel the anointings I came in. Father, we thank you, God, for this historic day, this historic day that is just... In the heavens, God, you rejoice because you see the baton being passed on, but you see this couple being taken on into greater things. I thank you, God, that your word says that the greater days are ahead of us. And I speak this over you, Jimmy and Elma, that greater days are ahead of you, that you won't look back, but you will look forward. I thank you, God, for the anointing that's upon them. I thank you, God, for the wisdom that goes beyond their years that is upon them. And Father, may all that they touch, oh God, turn to gold. Father, we anoint their hands. We anoint their minds. We anoint their speech. And I thank you, God, that you haven't given them a spirit of fear, but of power a power to overcome, the power of the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon them. You've not given them a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of sound mind. And I speak over your mind that you can think clearly, you can act clearly, you can speak the word of God clearly, and I thank you, God, that they are lovers. They are lovers of